We're grateful for everybody who got out today. Even though it might have been rainy when you left home or you had to drive through some rain to get here, it is a good thing to be here. And sometimes in life, there's a lot of things that we know we should do, and so we just do them, right? And we're in the habit, all of us here, we're in the habit of being here on Sunday. It's just something we do. We get up on Sunday and we might be like, oh, I don't know if I really feel like this today. But then we go anyhow because that's what we do. We're used to doing it. It's a habit. It's a good thing. Sometimes when we have something to do, we just have to kind of force ourselves to do it, though. You ever have something like that in life? Everything, no matter how great you love your job, no matter how much you love this, that, or the other thing, there's something that always comes along with it that you don't necessarily like to do, but you have to do. Even if you have a hobby, there might be something about that hobby that you don't enjoy, But you do it anyhow because it is just one part of something that you do enjoy. And so we just do it, even though we might not necessarily look forward to doing it. Works sometimes like that. Um, We don't necessarily enjoy working. And actually there's, uh, there's kind of this sense that... A lot of times you mention work, it's a, we're programmed to kind of go, oh, you got to go to work, you know, and we think of work's being so bad, it's a terrible thing. But work's not bad. You think about it in the garden, even when, um, even when God put man in the garden, even before the fall came, even before sin entered, God told man to go work the garden. Work is a gift from God, and it's, it's, we, we, it's, it's part of who we are. It's part of how God made us to care for things, to take care of things, to create things, to do things. Work is a good thing. And of course, after the fall, after sin entered the world, then then came the thorns and then came the rocky soil and then, then the work really got hard. And that's why, oh, we don't necessarily like doing work all the time. But work itself is a gift from God, and we should enjoy working, and we should long to do something and work, not always try to get out of work. When I was a kid, I know that there were, um, there were times that I would come home from school, and this might happen to be coincide more with uh, like the teenage years when you'd start actually getting homework. And my mom, I, well, I used to come home, and I'll blame Rex, I'll blame my, my older brother. He would be the one to turn on the TV, and then I'd just kind of join him in watching some TV for a while. Back in the days when you had to get up and you know turn the knob if you want to change a channel and all those kinds of things. So I would start watching TV, and usually one show would lead to the next show and lead to the next show. And after a little while, I'm probably thinking to myself, I really should get up and do my homework. And then it seems like I'd just tell, well, next show, I'll do it. And then eventually my mom would chime in, and she'd say, Eric, don't you think it's time to start on your homework? And, yeah, Mom, I'll do it right after this show. Or right after the next show. I don't remember how it was, but it seems like whenever mom spoke up and said to go do it, then I'd always be like, well, I was planning on getting up now, but I think I'll wait just a few more minutes. We're stubborn like that, aren't we? Kind of rebellious. Somebody tells us to do something, even though we were going to do it anyhow, then somebody tells us to do it, and I'm like, I'll just wait, I'll put it off a little bit longer. So sometimes when it comes to work, we kind of push it off, and we kind of... Wait, and maybe we're a little bit lazier, maybe we're a little bit hesitant about it, or whatever. Um, but uh, I'm c- kind of reminded right now, um, 
Jay, you guys, you kind of came from a lazy family, didn't you? Well, would you come up and tell us about kind of how lazy your family was and how hard it was for you guys to to work? I'm going to start that video in a minute. Well, we was all at the house. I got two brothers. And me and Harry and, and Roger was on the porch. Harry was leaning up against the post and Roger was sitting on the chair and I was just laying down on the on the porch. And Dad came up with a brand new pocket knife. And he said, I tell you what, I'm going to give this brand new pocket knife to the laziest kid I got. And Harry moved against away from the post and said, Paul, he says, you know that I'm the laziest. Nobody does it. I don't do, I don't do nothing. And Roger, he just moves around and he says, come on, Paul. He says, you know that, that I'm your laziest. And I was laying there on the, the thing and I just kind of grunted and rolled over and said, put it in my pocket, Paul. All right, so uh, Harry, Roger, and Jay, they had, a, they had the, the contest to see who was the laziest. Um, but, and, and actually, knowing those guys, they, they aren't lazy anyhow. But Scripture doesn't teach us how to be lazy. Scripture, though, calls us to go to the ant. Scripture calls us to work. The Scripture calls us to be active and doing. And in Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse number 6, it says, Go to the ant. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to move this, uh, well, come on. It'll, I think it'll look good here. I'm just going to let this video play. I really wanted a picture, a video of ants tunneling down in and working and moving things. And, and uh, really, those. For some reason, all those, they, they're just time-lapsed. And I didn't want time-lapse. I want us to be able to see ants moving and working instead of just acting look like they're going crazy and stuff. You can see one ant at a time there. They're just working. Ants are so very interesting. And in Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 6, it says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise. So the question comes, well, what can we learn from the ants? And Ryan, if this causes issues with online, just let me know. It looks like it's going to have some issues itself, but that's fine. So what can we learn from the ant? Because this scripture tells us to observe her ways and be wise. Well, verse number 7 then says which having no chief officer or ruler prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. So here is what the ant does. Notice in verse number 7, it tells us who tells the ant what to do. And it's nobody. The answer is nobody. Who tells the ant what to do? No one does. Having no chief officer or ruler. 
Now that spin and circle is going to drive me crazy. Um, we'll pause it just for, wait, I thought maybe if I paused it, it would uh, quit spinning, but it's not. We'll let it run a second here, see if it comes up with something. So verse number seven, who tells the ant what to do? You know, you look at these little guys, they can't have much of a brain in there. Little ants, we think about them, we can just squish them and, you know, not think a thing of it. We don't care too much for ants, especially when they get in our house. Who tells them what to do? They're crafty. They move around. They carry these big leaves that, you know, you got a little tiny ant you can barely see. And then walking across the forest floor, there's a little ant carrying a leaf. You can't even see the ant. And you see a leaf moving. It looks like something else. They build things in the trees. They dig tunnels in the ground. They do ants are cool. So very neat. Do all kinds of things. And they do it working together. But it's working, working, working. You look at an ant, they're always doing working. When they're not sleeping, they do, do, they do that sometimes too. They sleep. But when they get going, they're moving and working. They do some amazing things. But there's no one telling them what to do. Scripture says having no chief, officer or ruler. Let me pause for a second. So some things to think about here, just for a moment. As we think about us, there's, there's different kinds of people in life and kind of with different tasks, there might be, you might have a different kind of mentality with it. Sometimes you have to be told to do something. And then sometimes you just go and do it, right? And there are people who seem like that. We call them self-starters, right? These people are like the ants. Ants are kind of like self-starters, they do things. They see something that needs done, they just do it. And so we want to think about that. If there's an ant, if they just see something, if they know something that needs to be done, they just do it. And so if you see something that needs done, just do it. Now I want to talk about this. The other, the other thing about this, having you know an officer or a ruler, somebody to tell you what to do, sometimes we want to be told what to do because we don't know what to do, right? Sometimes it's easier just to say, oh, I'm just going to be the one who, who does the work. You know, and I'm going to let somebody just tell me what to do. And you can't go through life like that. You can't just be the one who is always being told what to do. When it comes to us as Christians, God commanded us to work and we need to be active doing it. Sometimes the task can be intimidating. Have you ever had a task that you're like, oh man, I don't want to do this. I don't even know how to do this. It's a big task. It's a hard task. Maybe it's a, a physically challenging task, but maybe it's a mentally challenging task. Or maybe the results are something that everybody's going to see and you just don't want to deal with that kind of thing. That's an intimidating task. You have a project at school. You're going to have to present it. You know, maybe getting the project ready isn't hard. But knowing you're going to stand in front of other folks and do it, that's the hard part. 
And so even the easy parts become difficult because you don't, you're already thinking about the end part. And there are ways that we just are intimidated by the things that we have to do. So when you have an intimidating task, if you go to the ant, you realize that ants, they have all kinds of difficult things that they do, but they just do it. They just start. They get active and go. So if you see something that needs done, then do it. If you're intimidated by a task, then just start. Begin. Get going and get moving. It's one of those things, if it has to be done, then just go and get it done. Sometimes there are some decisions to make along the way. And sometimes we have indecision that slows us down. You got a big task, you got that project at the end of the week that you got to present by, to, to your class at school or to your work team or something. And sometimes you just don't know which way to go or how to do it. And you've got, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that. If you're ever slowed by indecision, then you need to get advice and then you need to pray, and then you need to start. Begin. The thing about the sluggard, we kind of think of when, when the scripture says, go to the ant, O sluggard. When you think of a sluggard, you know, sometimes your passage, your scripture might say lazy. You know, I, there is one translation I think says lazy. Well, one of the things, it might not be laziness, when you think of a sluggard, when, well, what do you think of when you think of a slug? A slug is that snail without the shell that goes really slow. If something is sluggish, it is slow. So the problem might not always be laziness, it might just be slowness. And sometimes when there's a lot of decisions to be made and you're trying to figure out what the end product should be or how am I going to do it, sometimes we can be slowed by indecision. And in times like that, you just need to get some advice, pray about it, and begin. Don't be slowed down by indecision. The other problem, and very much related to being slowed down by indecision, is to be slowed down by overthinking. Overthinking something. Well, if I do this, then this, and then this, and what if I do this? Well, what if I approach it from the other way? And this, this, this. It's overthinking, and that's not, that's not being lazy overthinking something, is it? That's not laziness, but you know what overthinking can do? It can slow you down to a stop. And when you get slowed down to a stop, you need to go to the ant, O sluggard, and observe her ways, and be wise. Which, having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer, and gathers her provisions in the harvest. So if you're slowed by overthinking, then begin, and realize that you can adjust along the way. You can't have every plan for everything that might happen or everything that might be said or every little problem that might come up. You can think about those things in advance, but you can't let it stop you. And you've got to just say, all right, if a problem comes up, I will adjust. I will fix the issue. I will deal with it when it arrives. But you've got to begin. So many times in life, 
the things that are worth doing that are difficult for us, those things that are really worthwhile, they're so important to us that they intimidate us and we just don't begin. And we don't start. And we need to go to the ant and think about this. Think about what the ant does. It just works. It's like it wakes up and it starts working and doing. They all have their role to play. They all have their different things that they do within that ant colony. But they all contribute. They all work. So if you're slow to do things, it might not be an indication that you're lazy. But you've got to just do it. You've got to start. You've got to get advice. You've got to pray about something. And then you've got to just begin. Verse number 8, I have a question. It says, why must the ant prepare in summer and gather in the harvest? Why must the ant do that? We know what happens in the summer. We know that harvest generally kind of is associated with the fall, right? What happens after summer and fall? Does anybody know what the next season is? Anybody happen to know that? I thought maybe somebody would say it, but he's a little busy with something else. I, I, it's a lesson on if you see something needs done, you do it, right? So I think you, sometimes you've got to take care of things, right? Hey, Luke, what comes after fall? Summer, fall? Winter. You've got to be ready, right? When winter comes... You've got to be ready. If the ant doesn't work with no one telling it what to do, you've got to be, it it knows just this instinct, it has to be ready for the winter. If winter comes and it hasn't uh, prepared the food, if it hasn't gathered in the harvest, the ant, the entire ant colony will die. Well, there's a lesson for us. Verse number 10 and 11. Oh, excuse me, verses 9 through 11. It says, How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond, and your need like an armed man. So here's the, the picture, you're the, the, a, a person who is traveling, who is impoverished, who is, is going from place to place, that's a vagabond. They don't really have anything that they have worked for on their own. Your need like an armed man, your need will rob you if you haven't worked. The lesson for us is to work now before it's too late. Winter is coming, but the harvest is now. And in our lives, we have a harvest. We have things to do. And that's true physically. You know, it's true at our jobs. It's, it's true at our homes. There is work to do. It's true at the church. It's true with the impact we can have on our neighbors. It's true spiritually. And that's what we need to talk about. Because laziness 
And there I used the word laziness. Maybe I should have used slothfulness or sluggardness, right? Because it's not always laziness. It's sometimes it's just being slow. I identify that that thought identifies with me because I don't think I'm a lazy person, but sometimes I'm just slow to start. Sometimes I, I overthink or I can be indecisive like this says, or I can be intimidated by a project or anything that's going on. But we have to realize that if we don't act, if we aren't like the, the ant just, that, that just starts working with no one telling it what to do, if we're not like that ant, then we're going to get robbed. We're going to get robbed of what could have been. And that's true of the church itself, but it's true of us as individuals with that church who can build this church into what it could be, but it's up to us to become what we can be. And that comes through not being slothful or sluggardly, but by working, by doing. Laziness will rob you of what could have been. And when you think about that spiritually, who you could be spiritually, and who you want to be spiritually, if you're not working toward it, and if you're not setting your eyes on a prize that is much higher than where you are now, It's, I want to be somebody different than I am now. I want to grow in Christ and I want to mature in Christ. If we aren't working towards that, then we are being robbed of what could have been. And we're also robbing the church of what the church could be because you haven't grown and matured in faith. And then you're also robbing your potential future because God wants us to be people who produce fruit. So we must work. We must Press on. The spiritual application comes in Hebrews chapter 5, where we have already studied. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, and it continues on from there, but we're just going to read these two verses and then down into verse chapter 6. Concerning him, concerning Melchizedek, you remember talking about Melchizedek, mentioning him just in passing? Concerning him, we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have been, since you have become dull of hearing. That translation, it could be, you have become sluggish of hearing. You have become slow of hearing. You're not quick to hear. You're not listening good. Since you have become sluggish of hearing, you're a sluggard. The writer of Hebrews is saying, you guys are sluggards when it comes to listening to God. You're not listening to him and doing what you're supposed to be doing. Verse 12 says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. Nothing wrong with being an infant, is there? We were all infants physically. We were all infants spiritually. But hopefully for most of us who have been in the church for a little while and we have given our lives to Christ, we are no longer infants spiritually. But we are growing and maturing in Christ. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, 
Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and so on. These other things. But let us press on. Pressing on. You know, pressing on in our lives is not this. This is not pressing on. I'll wait for somebody to tell me what to do. You know, it's, that's not pressing on. Pressing on is going to the ant and observing the ant, watching her and seeing how there's nobody telling her what to do, but she's just doing it. And we are like that spiritually. That's the kind of people we are as, as creatures who follow Christ. We are pressing on. We are following him, and it's not always easy. He challenges us in our lives. He challenges challenges us in our knowledge of the word and when we learn this word then it challenges us to live in greater ways for Christ and to do greater things for him and to step up and to teach and for a lot of these the men in the congregation stepping up in front of others to to participate in in our worship that is a challenge that is that is something that it's not easy to do And we also are challenged to teach classes and to teach one another. And we're challenged to be together so that as iron sharpens iron, so one man can sharpen another. We are challenging each other and pressing on in our knowledge of the word. And then the application of it when we leave this place, when we interact with our neighbors and the people around us, and even how we drive and the things that we say, and even how we think, we are to press on to maturity. And that doesn't just kind of happen. We must press on. And when something needs to be done, we just need to do it. If we know we need to grow in the knowledge of God's word, then we need to get out the word and start reading it. We're encouraging one another as we do so uh, daily in our scripture readings. If there's ever a task that you're intimidated by, if you're, if you're challenged, if, if you hear lessons and you read scripture that, that challenge you to talk to your neighbor about Jesus, then you just need to do that. It's an intimidating task. There is no doubt. It's intimidating. But you just need to start and just do it. If you're slowed by indecision on a task, And how something might be done. And overthinking what could be done. And how to do it. But you know something needs to be done. Then quit thinking. Quit being indecisive. And just do it. Begin. And when things don't go right. You can adjust along the way. And God is always going to be there to help us. And as long as we are working and doing. Then failure is not final. But there is a day that will come when failure is final. If you fail to act, if you fail to do, if you fail to grow spiritually, there is a day that is going to come. Winter will come when the opportunity is lost. And so we need to be growing right now in Christ. This lesson is for us spiritually. The lesson is for us is that today and then tomorrow again is that we are going to live for Jesus in a great way. We are going to do our very best to be the, the word of God living before others. We are going to live out what Christ calls us to be. And our sights that we have set is to become like Jesus. 
2 Corinthians 3.18 reminds us that, that the goal of what God is doing with us in this life is to make us a little bit more like Christ as we go through time. As we go through each and every day. We want to be like Jesus. That is our desire and our goal. And God is, that's the work of God. We've got to let God work in us to make us more like Christ. Laziness. Slowness will rob you of what could have been. There are so many times in my life right now that I fail to, if, if people were to see me and look at me, they would say, that's, that's Eric, you know. But I want by the time, Lord willing, if I have the opportunity to live until I'm 80 or 90 years old or whatever it might be, I want people to look and say, this guy reminds me of Jesus. This guy is like Christ. And that is, I've got a long way to go. And so each and every day, I've got to go just a little by little. The ant, when it's working, if I had that video up, one ant goes down in a hole, there's another one's coming out. And they aren't carrying these juice boulders. They're carrying one little bit of sand at a time, one little bit of dirt. And little by little, and they're transforming the underground. You can't even see what's happening down there, but it's a neat thing. And they're working little by little. So you've got to press on to maturity. Do the hard things. Do the simple things. And keep growing in Christ. Live for, cheese, live for Jesus. Press on to maturity. There's anybody in the audience or listening today, you know that the call is for you to give your life to Christ so that he can begin a good work in you. And he'll carry it on all your life. Little by little, little by little. You're not perfect, but man, he's changing you just little by little. You're getting a little bit closer to perfect as time goes on because Christ is at work in you. But it's got to start somewhere. Everything, you just got to begin. You can't wait. You can't be indecisive. You can't, you can't be overthinking things. Well, what if I give my life to Jesus and then I sin again? Let me answer the question for you. You will sin again. Because we all fail. Because we're not changed to perfect all at once. We are not like Christ. Except for the fact that he washes our sins away. And then when we fail again, he will continue to wash us and cleanse us of our sins. But as time goes on, this pressing on to maturity, pressing on that word itself says you are not going to be perfect at one, all at once. You have to press on to maturity. So don't be indecisive. Just say, hey, I'm willing to jump into the process. I want Jesus involved in my life to make me better and to make me like him. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of growing. It's going to take a bunch of being together with family because that's where we're challenged together. And it's going to take the work of Christ in my life. Jesus, remembering him. Every day and when we gather, we're humbled as we gather around the table. And we remember he's still working on us. And he loves us so much, he was willing to give his life for us. And so we're going to live for him. So live for Jesus and press on to maturity.
you give your, need to give your life to Christ today, get a hold of me or somebody else. If you need the prayers of the church, we'll encourage you to do that too.